You want to have a great college experience. You want to live, not just exist. You want to create friendships that last. You want to do something bigger than yourself most of the time. Start being the best for the world. Stop worrying about being the best in the world. And you set yourself up to live, not just exist, to live a life of significance. That little clip came from my interview of Clint Pulver. He's a super awesome guy. Really glad we got him on the show. He's a drummer, public speaker, and soon to be author. We talked a little bit about his story, creating better moments in our lives and in the lives of others, and so much more. So definitely stay tuned. And thank you, as always, for listening. Let's jump into that interview. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Yield Today with Down Canland. I'm joined with Clint Pulver who is a speaker, talks to a lot of different companies about ways to improve their businesses, help them have better employee retention. He just came, he's coming out with a book called I Love It Here. And just, I love having him on the show and the opportunity. So thank you for coming on, Clint. Yeah, I appreciate it, Dallas. Good to be here, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I think you just have a really powerful journey that just for me, it resonates so powerfully, like kind of bring us to that, pivotal moment for you back in was it fourth or fifth grade yeah I was in the fifth grade and I was the kid that always had a hard time uh sitting still I would just every time I had focus my right hand would start to tap my left hand would start to move and obviously that's annoying to everybody that's in the room if someone's just clicking a pen or they're tapping their foot and I was just always moving and so kids called me the tapper I got nicknamed the twitcher and I got sent to the principal's office I mean everybody saw that issue until one day I had a teacher and his name was Mr. Jensen. And he looked at me as I was tapping in class and he said, young man in the back, he said, I need to see you after class. We're going to have a conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, this is it. You know, like this is, this is when I get kicked out of school as a 10 year old. And all the other kids are like, oh man, like Twitcher's going to die. Like you are, you are dead kid. And the bell rings, class dismissed, everybody leaves. And it's just me and Mr. Jensen. And he, he takes me to the back of the room and he says, listen, he sits down and he says, I, I know you're the kid that everybody teases. You're the kid that everybody has on the list. You know, all the other teachers talk about you in the faculty room. You're the kid that just can't sit still. You tap in my class and you tap in everybody else's class. He said, I've, I've watched you though. And it's crazy. You'll start tapping your right hand and then you'll take a pen and you'll start writing with your left hand. And then you can switch the pen and you can start writing with your right hand and you'll start tapping with, with your left hand. And he said, I, I, uh, I think you're ambidextrous. And I was like, no, I'm Presbyterian. He said, no, 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 no. He said, that's not what it means. He said, no. He said, can you, can you tap your head and rub your belly at the same time? He's like, just try it. And I gave it a go and I could do it really easy. And then he said, can you rub your head and, and then tap your belly and back and forth? Like without thinking about it, I could do it. And he smiled and he looked at me and he said, I don't think you're a problem. I just think you're a drummer. And sometimes people hear that and they go, what's the difference between those two things? <laughs> uh, but he created a moment, a single moment in time that changed my life forever. I believe in moments, Dallin. I think moments are very, very, very powerful things. Not just when they happen, but they can be even more powerful when they're actually designed. You know, great leaders, great influencers in this world, they have the ability to create moments in people's lives. 
And in that moment, Mr. Jensen, he leaned back in his desk and he opened up the top drawer and he took out my very first pair of drumsticks, my very first pair. And he put it in my hands and he said, he said, Clint, these are for you. And he said, I want you to just take them and I want you to keep them in your hands as much as you can. And I just, let's see what happens. And that was 22 years ago. And for 22 years, I have honestly tried my best to keep my promise to Mr. Jensen. And for 22 years, I've had the opportunity to tour and record all over the world as a professional drummer. I've been on some pretty big stages. I've played with some pretty cool artists. Uh, I've been on America's Got Talent. I, I graduated college with zero debt, zero college debt. And that was all from music scholarships. And I, and I don't say all those things to go, oh, wow, good for you, Clint, or oh, what a list of accolades. That's not the reason. The reason I, I say that and I tell that story is because of one person. One person who created a moment that changed my life story forever. And I think it's a powerful thing that we need to remember that we can find Mr. Jensen's in our lives, but we also have the ability to be a Mr. Jensen in the lives of other people. And yeah, that, that's the story about how an educator changed my life with a pair of drumsticks. Yeah, I love that story. It never gets old. Actually, right before this interview, I was talking with a guy and he was interested in who I was interviewing. And so I gave him like the Cliff Notes version of your story. He's like, that's so cool. So that, that yeah, thank you for sharing that again with us, Clint. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so I did a little bit of diving into your content. And ever since I had Nick Sales on my podcast back in July of last year, he he put out a good word for you. And so I've been trying to keep in touch with the things that you're doing, but there's something that you mentioned about how you choose to observe and then you help others and and you teach kind of tell us a little bit more about that process. Yeah. So for the last five years, I have worked as the undercover millennial. Uh, It's kind of like undercover boss without the makeup. And for the last five years, I've worked with 181 organizations And I've interviewed undercover over 10,000 employees. And how it would work is I would, I I am a millennial, uh, you know, still fairly young. And I would walk into an organization that I partnered with and I would look like a regular somebody off the street. And I would go up to the first person that I saw and I would just say, Hey, I'm just looking for a job. I'm I'm just thinking about applying here. I, you know, I've heard a few things about it and I'm just looking for work. What's it like to work here? And then they always get quiet, you know, they look around, (laughs) make sure no one's around and they tell me everything, everything, the good, the bad, what works, what doesn't work, what they love, what they hate, who they hate, who they love. And what we did is we created an environment where employees would speak honestly. They could speak their truth because I wasn't a survey. I wasn't a manager. I was just another millennial. And what we were able to do is capture the most real and authentic data behind how great leaders were creating organizations that people never wanted to leave. And that was the coolest part of all of the research is not when an employee hated their boss or not when an employee hated their job. The magic of the research was found when I would go up to an employee and say, what's it like to work here? And they would respond with, I love it here. I love it here. I love, I love my job. Oh my gosh. Like you should apply. My manager, Susie. Oh, she's the best. We're a family here. We really are. It's a great, great culture. And then when I would go and ask the next employee and the next and the next, 
and that response would trend in an organization. It was a, it was an, a remarkable thing to see, and 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 again, what that leader or leaders were were doing in that workplace to create those types of responses, where employees didn't just survive at their job, but they actually thrived. They actually had a workplace that they didn't just love their job, but they loved who they were while they were at their job. You know what a concept! What what a what a what a unique thing and. That's what I wrote the book about, and we decided to title the book, I Love It Here, How Great Leaders Create Organizations That People Never Want to Leave. And it's a book, not, not about leadership. It's a book written by 10,000 employees who knew when their leaders were getting it right. That's what this book is about, and it's been a powerful journey to be a part of. Yeah, that's so neat to me. And one, I think it's from Naval. He's a tech investor and has done a lot of different things. He said that before you can write the book, you need to become the book. And it sounds like this book has been built up from the ground up from all these different stories and perspectives. And it's so neat to me that you've been able to create it into this new asset that anyone can use the lessons and everything that you learned Totally. Yeah. And it's not just a, a book for managers. It's not just somebody that, you know, is in corporate leadership. This is a book if you want to have a better relationship with somebody. This is a book if you want to be a better friend to somebody. This is a book if you want to be a better dad, if you want to be a better mom, if you want to be a, a better brother or a better sister. There are universal principles about how we create connection and create an environment with people where they say, I like myself best because of you. And we need more of that in this world. Yeah, I completely agree. And just the moments thing, I, I've tried to live by the idea that the door of eternity turns on small hinges. Like you never know when somebody could really be needing somebody to talk to that could be having a really rough day. You just You just really don't know. And so when you're able to create that environment of just wanting to help and just wanting to serve in some way, like it really does open doors. Totally. And, and I think when we, we remember that, you know, most people are going through difficult times in their lives. And I found that most people are struggling in some way, shape or form. And when we remember that, when we, and we remember to treat people as if they're going through a difficult time in their life. Most of the time, you're probably right. And we need that. We need more Mr. Jensen's. We, we need more people right now to look at individuals, to look at this world and see what's right about it, not to see what's wrong. There's so many, there's so many people that see the problems. Like you, you probably know people down that like, it doesn't matter. It could be the most wonderful day and they would see everything wrong about it. They would just tear somebody down. Like they would, you know, they could complain about anything, anything. And they love to do that. Or there's the people that constantly see the good. They constantly build people up. They're a fountain, not a drain. Mm -hmm. There's somebody that, that they choose to see the opportunities, not the problems. And it's, 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 an important, it's an important way to live. Yeah, I think it's really healing when you're able to do that for somebody. There's a scripture I really like a lot in Proverbs 25, 25, and it just says, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And so even if you're not like in like a 
you know, one-on-one conversation with somebody, something that somebody shares on social media could, you know, connect with you in a different way. Like they could be going through a really rough time. But again, like you said, they're still like noticing some of the good in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that. And again, you know, great mentors, great, great friends, great parents. I believe the, the most significant ones are really good storytellers. Not so much in the story that they tell, but in the story that they help others write. And so remember that, that you always hold the pen. And what story are you writing today in the lives of others? What story are you helping others to create because they met you? Are you writing a horror story? (laughs) Are you writing a nightmare? Are you writing a Stephen King novel? Or are you writing a Harry Potter novel? Are you writing uh, a self-help novel? Are you writing a a, a feel-good motivational novel? You know, like you hold the pen. So write, write a good story, darn it. You hold the pen. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. There's this cool experience that came to mind for me. I remember I was going around campus and I saw this girl and just kind of thought I'd, I was giving out pieces of gum back then. I think it was my first or second semester. I just give them a piece of gum and just talk with them a little bit. And I had this scripture come to mind and it kind of just went along to say like, just, you know, have peace and don't be afraid. And I shared that with her and she started crying and told me that she had a friend who had come up to her like maybe an hour or two before and prayed with her and said something along those lines. And then I come and share that with her. And then turned out she was dating one of my good friends. And this is like maybe six or seven months later. And she told me of how much of an impact that had for and how she'd written about it in her journal. And it was really powerful to me because on that particular day, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. And this is something I'm very fascinated about life, Clint, is we can go back to these moments over and over again when we were able to help out somebody else or that we were helped and find some kind of refreshment from that, some kind of revitalization from that. So I really love uh, what you're doing there. Again, people don't remember days. We remember moments. And I think especially for young college-age students, it wasn't long ago when I was in college, And I remember there is sometimes this importance of feeling popular, feeling important, feeling needed. You know, we we judge a lot on social media. We we take a lot of validation based off of how many likes we get, how many followers we have. Um, They're just, it is, it's just part of it. If you're a millennial or you're a Gen Z individual, you've grown up in that world. And if you have social media, you experience that. And there's a difference though. There's a big difference between living a life of success versus a life of significance. For example, Dallin, if I were to ask you to tell me who the last three NFL MVPs were, could you tell me who they are? (laughs) No, definitely not. I have watched like, yeah, very little football in my life. All right. What about, uh, what about the last two Academy Award winners for best actor? No, no clue. Right. Uh, What about, the last two Miss Americas. It's kind of a big deal. No, I can't. Yeah. But yeah, in the world, so many people would deem those people pretty popular, pretty prestigious, pretty uh, well-known. They have millions of followers, millions. They, they, they're wealthy, beautiful, elegant, uh, famous people, whatever you want to call it. In the world, we would deem those people to be successful. But watch this. 
Dallin, I want you to, to tell me the name of the teacher who made the biggest difference in your life. Do you remember their name? I think it's kind of a tie between Dr. Sobolewski and Mr. Tuttle. They both were super fantastic. One helped me in my writing ability and the other one helped me with my studying habits and completely changed the script for me. Exactly. You see the difference? You, you immediately know who those people are. Why? Because they were the people that metaphorically came up and handed you the stick of gum, right? They were the people that got to the part about you. They were the people that advocated for you. They didn't just develop you. Uh, they were the people that were significant in your life, not just successful people. And I think that's something that's worth remembering. Because uh, have you seen the movie Sandlot? <laughs> uh, it's been a, no, I haven't really seen it now. I've yeah, seen like a the, tiny couple clips from it. Yeah, you have those little punk kids and they, they hit the baseball over the fence and it's signed by Babe Ruth. And there's this big old dog on the other side that's going to rip their face off. And the movie's all about how they're going to get the ball back. And there's this character named Benny. And Benny has a dream. And in the dream, Babe Ruth appears to Benny. And like, you know, Babe Ruth, like the, one of the greatest athletes of all time, and, and especially in baseball. And there's the, there's the departing words that Babe Ruth says to Benny. And he, he says this, heroes get remembered but legends never die. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And every time I hear that, I just, I, I switch it. I just, I hear something different. And I, I say, heroes get remembered, but Mr. Jensen's never die. Ooh, nice. Right? Like your two teachers, they will never die in your mind because they, they were people that lived a life of significance for you. And that's what we should be living for. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about being the best for the world. You want to have a great college experience. You want to live, not just exist. You want to create friendships that last. You want to do something bigger than yourself most of the time. Start being the best for the world. Stop worrying about being the best in the world. And you set yourself up to live, not just exist. To live a life of significance. Yeah, I think that's really wonderful and just creating some space so you can be open to those moments. So kind of a mixture of spontaneity, but, but also like have these other things in store and in, in place. So you don't fall behind on like living up to your roles. Like for me, it's like college student podcast or brother and other things. What are things you do in your business and personal life now that like help you to create those moments of significance, not miss those moments and also push the envelope slowly forward for you and your business. I think one of the greatest things I have learned in, in the research that I've conducted and then also in my, my personal and professional life as a business owner, and as a husband and as a father, the most successful entrepreneurs, they know what they need to do. Like I, I know what I need to do to be successful. I, I know that I've, I've got to market. I've got to create a good product. I've got to solve a problem. All of the, the basic business 101 types of things. I know what that is about. But the great leaders, the great entrepreneurs, they know what they need to stop doing. I think, you know, even in college, I remember I was really good at writing a to-do list. Like all of the things I need to get done this week. 
I've got finals on Thursday. I've got to get this assignment in. I've got to call so-and-so. I've got to make sure that I'm here on time. I'm meeting my buddy for lunch. Like I would make a to-do list. But now that I've gotten older, I've started to make what I call a to-don't list. What are the things that you can stop doing that allow you more time? You will never create significant moments when you are so busy trying to boil the ocean. And college students are really good at that. You're really good at stacking and piling up so much stuff. But college students are just busy. They're innately busy people because that's just the life you're living. You're in that mode. You're kind of in that decade of decisions, ages 15 to 25, where you're, you're choosing in some major life decisions that will determine your future. And you get selfish in college. And that's okay to an extent because it's your life. You're trying to build a future. But if you're so busy trying to boil the ocean and you're living so much in, in tomorrow, you're always living in tomorrow. You're going to have a lot of forgetful yesterdays. So what are the things that you can stop doing that will allow you more time to connect? You know, how much time do we spend on our screen? You know, you walk the halls and you're just constantly scrolling TikTok, you're constantly scrolling Snapchat. You're looking at Facebook, you're checking out LinkedIn, you're looking at emails, you know, put the phone away for a minute and and look up, look up, see who's around, see what's going on. You know, when, when, when you come home and and you're in your dorm or you're in your apartment, look up, look up, take a minute to connect with, with a roommate, take a minute to just say, how's life? Everything's going. And then we, we see the stats on college students that struggle with depression and anxiety. So many people feel lonely. And I think a lot of it is because of social media or it's because we're so busy or we're stressing ourselves out and we're not taking time to connect. We're not taking time to create meaningful moments, meaningful relationships and and a meaningful story. And so we end up in darkness. So start figuring out what you can stop doing that will allow you to do more. Yeah, I think that's perfect advice. And it's something that you have said is that if you create better moments, you'll create a better story. You know, that's something that I've definitely seen in my life when you're able to do that consistently. Like recently in 2021, I've really tried to go on more walks and just think. And that's brought a lot of clarity to me because I need to have clarity so I can better understand like what's really going on and be able to help the audience that I serve is that I'm able to be clear with myself. Cause I feel like that is something, one of my products, I guess that I give to the world is a little bit of clarity to kind of see things a little bit more with a little bit more perspective. Yeah. I think it's awesome, man. And you know, you, you mentioned a scripture and I'll mention another scripture. Uh, the, the famous verse of, of be still and know that I am God. Right. But there was also somebody that actually reversed that scripture where it says, know God and be still. You know, I, I think we, we know that we should be still. We have specific relationships that we treasure, but we don't take the time to be still. Be still, be still. Get out the to-don't list so that you can connect and listen more. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And it's interesting to me because like technology is only going to get more advanced, but for me, it doesn't hold a candle to how powerful our brain is whatever we want the brain to do for us, we can kind of get it to that point. I've learned the power recently of just asking different questions. Like what's something I can do today to be a better friend or what's some way I can do to save more time. And your brain is very obedient. It's going to help you come up with different reasons 
to do that. And so I think having that to don't list is really good because it helps prevent that clutter from, from getting, you know, too much getting out of hand because we don't really have, we don't have unlimited time and unlimited brain power. We have to make do with what we have. Yep. Absolutely. You're right. So what has been, I guess, one of the most unexpected, like, blessings you've seen from your work and how can we get the book? Yeah, I think one of the coolest things was when a manager or a leader or a parent or a coach realized that they don't just have a job. They actually have a stewardship. They actually have the ability to be a Mr. Jensen. Right? They actually have the opportunity every day to help people write a better story. Right? When they understand that, man, I can help people live. I can really help. I can help de-stress people. I can help people have a more fulfilling life. And then when they go home from work, they're better parents. They're a better spouse. They're a better partner because, because they love where they work and they love who they work with. Like it is such a key fundamental principle and opportunity in this world to make such a difference. And it is not a curse to be a leader. It is truly a blessing. The coolest part about leadership is that it matters. The hardest part about leadership is that it matters every day. Consistency Mm. is, is key. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to go in like, you know, tomorrow and create a moment. It's a, it's a miracle to create those moments every day, every week. And it's easier said than done. And not that you have to create a moment every day and every moment for every person that you ever meet, but to stay consistent in that because that's how people build trust. That's how people build connection. It is by doing small little things consistently over a long period of time. That's always how, that's also how we can diminish trust. So what are the small little things that you're doing consistently over a long period of time? And I think when we do that and we create those little moments, little by little, those little moments become a lot. Little by little, a little becomes a lot. And so write a better story. That's, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. They can grab the book on Amazon. It's available for pre-order right now. And we launch uh, all over the world on April 13th. And uh, dude, I appreciate you, Dan. I appreciate you letting me be on the show. And I hope you'll keep this up. I hope you'll keep doing what you're doing. More people need uh, this inspiration and this tool and this guide. And yeah, you're totally being the best for the world. I'm grateful to be a part of it, man. Thank you. Yeah, no worries, Quentin. You shared a lot of good stuff. And I look forward to encapsulating some of it and thinking about it and you know, sharing it with, with people that need it. So your voice is definitely very needed in this world as well. And I'm thankful I was able to get in touch with you. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, truly a pleasure. Thanks, Dallin. Yeah. That was my interview with Clint Pulver. It was definitely a treat. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely has helped me see and like create better moments in my life, you know, because like he said, if you can create better moments, you'll create a better story. And I think it is a skill that we can all develop, which is super cool. Definitely check out Clint's book. I love it here. Link is in the show notes as always. And thank you as always for listening. Don't forget to yield today and it will be a better tomorrow.